It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. You. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Really appreciate you joining me. Lots to talk about today. There always is, isn't there? Always. One day we're going to wake up and go, yeah, no news. No news. We'll just, I don't know, we'll start playing records or something. I don't really know what we'll do at that point. Uh, but uh, there's always something more to talk about. And uh, I'd long for the day, of course, when we're not talking about COVID and lockdowns and we're actually on to uh, um, other things to hopefully improve our lives instead of making our lives vaguely bearable. Uh, we will be talking, as I said, to the man in charge of rolling out the uh, deployment of the vaccine. And that's Nadim Sahawi. And we'll also uh, be talking about you know what is actually happening to schools. Uh, it is absolutely fascinating uh, that people seem to have woken up to the idea that uh, having a low to schools closed and 10 million children best part of at home isn't perhaps such a good idea in the end after all I know I've been saying this for about 10 months folks anyway we're going to be talking about all of that uh, and joining me for all of the chat all this morning is barrister and political commentator Bobby Friedman good morning to you Bobby good morning Julia. Um, one of the sensible people who doesn't have a child and therefore isn't uh, homeschooling at the current time <laughs> and, and 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 you can hence the laugh because I don't think there are many parents laughing right now um on the issue specifically of schools um there is no doubt at all there has been something of a wake-up uh, in the last couple of days uh, that uh, schools are... Well, the plan is not for schools to sort of be closed just till half-term. Even conversations with my in-laws the other day said, well, schools will be back after the February half-term. I went, no, they won't. That's not the plan. The government hasn't said that. Uh, we had even the health secretary, Matt Hancock, on, on Sunday talking about it a long, long, long way off. Prime Minister yesterday saying that he was looking at the potential of relaxing some measures from mid-February and that um, it's all, they've always said schools would be first but then number 10 quickly actually backtracking on that and saying no 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 we're just looking at it we're not actually doing it um a lot of parents who've had uh, now you know three weeks or so with children at home uh, largely in rainy cold weather um perhaps um seeing the other side of this policy yeah people need to understand that when it comes to lockdown it's like waiting for a delayed flight they never say to you your flight is delayed by four hours they say your flight is delayed by 45 minutes and they keep breaking the bad news yeah. gently and and that's that's what's happening here we have to the reality is we are going to be stuck in lockdown for a long time but uh, it, it's it, it's good that I think people have realised that obviously the focus has to be on schools first because 
it is these kids whose, whose life chances are being affected day by day as they stay at home. Now, I'm not saying that that means that they should go back to school when it's not safe. But what it's saying is, you have, compared to everything else, these are, are people whose lives will be ruined, and, and generally those from the most disadvantaged backgrounds who lo- whose lives will be ruined yeah. every day they stay at home. Yeah, I mean, that, that is absolutely, I mean, again, it's a concern I've had since very early on in the, in the first lockdown when we realised that, you know, these kids were at home not having lessons and they're rolling out the lessons on laptops and things better and more kids have got those laptops. But I'm sorry, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to get three kids, particularly primary school age kids, friends of mine, you know, nice homes, with the money, with kids who are engaged, really still struggling, uh, you know, with the fact that, you know, they've got sort of a couple of hours lessons and actually they need constant supervision. Parents trying to uh, still do their jobs to put food on the table. It's, it's a very difficult option. Um, let's talk about um, the vaccine rollout, though. This this is absolutely fascinating. First of all, let's get the good news, Bobby. Um, Israel, the latest figures, they're rolling out the Pfizer vaccine en masse. I mean, extraordinary rollout in that country. And there is some incredibly good news. Uh, on day 23... Two days after the second jab has been given, they have seen 60% fall in hospitalizations among vaccinated over 60s. They've also found the efficacy in terms of people actually catching coronavirus is of those who have had uh, uh, the, the two Pfizer jabs, 0.01%. I mean, this is incredibly positive news in the real world, in, you know, in terms of millions of people being vaccinated, being able to see this across the real world, not just computer modelling and not just in a trial. That gives us a lot of hope, doesn't it? It gives us massive hope. We can we can see it playing out in the real world. And, and the, the other thing is that people are increasingly accepting, as they obviously should, that the vaccines are real, they are working, and that they are going to be our route out of this. So I think there's good news in, in both ways, because the vaccine itself works, and people know that they need to take it. So th- that is the only thing really that I've been cl- clinging on to in the, in the last month or two, because that, that is our way out of this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, the, on the other side of things, uh, uh, rather worrying, is the, is this question of the rollout of supply. And we already had Pfizer say that they were get, they'd had problems in their factories and they were basically coming to take down uh, the their manufacturing to a lower level to basically improve it from uh, from uh, the end of the month onwards, or end of well, February onwards. So we'd have a few weeks where we'd have lower supply in return for which supply would be massively boosted afterwards, which, you know, seems like a sensible uh, project to go ahead with. Of course, I don't and why everyone's still so surprised that millions upon millions upon millions of doses are needed. But the EU are now battling with AstraZeneca uh, over the fact that they say they are simply not getting the number of uh, doses that they ordered. Um, there's been some issues raised uh, in the EU Commission that, of course, which is controlling all of the orders for the whole of the EU, that whether or not they could actually block the vaccine supply to the UK. Now, of course, we actually do have a factory which the government you know, paid to have built here in the UK to actually produce some, but not all, of our vaccine supply. But um, this could have a knock-on effect for the UK supply, couldn't it? It could do. It's, it's, there's a story going around in Brussels that somehow the UK is blocking the AstraZeneca supplies to the EU. But of course, there were two, Astra, well, there are more than two AstraZeneca factories. We get our supplies from factories in the UK. The, the EU is going to get their supplies from a factory in Belgium. So we are not taking their supplies. And um, it really is the kind of tinfoil hat brigade. Yeah. And then at the same time, you, you have the EU now suggesting that they may actually try to block the supplies of the Pfizer vaccine to us. And I just think you have, the EU has to take a step back and think, 
is this really the kind of people they want to be? Where they are, when, when we have legitimately bought this vaccine, <laughs> they are going to, through unfair commercial practices, cause people in this country to die uh, be, be, because of politics. I don't know why you're surprised, Bobby. Imagine what people would be saying if our government was doing that. Can oh, you imagine but it, if we were denying supplies to the EU? I mean, but but exactly, it's it's there, and and, and it's, I mean, one of the things I find fascinating is the the Remainers who I mean, who literally only a month or two ago saying us leaving us leaving the EU was was a terrible disaster. It would cut down on our chances. There are people you know, on record saying that Brexit would mean that more people would die because we weren't part of this uh, EU wide ordering system and the regulatory system. And that is the main reason we rolled out the system, not because we were legally not able to. It's just there was such strong pressure that all twenty seven states, and it would have been. To would work together and do this. The idea that I would let the EU roll out anything that was life-saving is utterly ridiculous. I mean, the European Commission shouldn't be in charge of paperclips, let alone anything else. But um, but it, it is extraordinary that uh, that the EU... Well, they last March, they imposed export restrictions on PPE after they struggled with supply to member states. Uh, and the EU Health Commissioner uh, yesterday told AstraZeneca's bosses um, that uh, they want an export transparency mechanism as soon as possible so that in future all companies producing vaccines in the EU will have to provide early notification whenever they want to export vaccines to third countries, i.e. places like Britain. Um, they're basically cross with us for going ahead and uh, approving these this vaccine before they did and rolling it out before they did, which is um, quite bizarre. It is a bit. Look, I, I like the fact that it's a race. It, it's good yes. that countries are comparing against each other. But you shouldn't be trying to win the race by um, by pushing the guy in front of you over. Yes. You should be trying to win the race by, by catching up because that's that's how everyone everyone gets vaccinated and then people's lives are saved. Yeah. And, you know, this, I just I think this is a really good way of telling whether you can trust someone's commentary on an, on the issue all of the there have been so many cock-ups by the government yeah. uh, anyone sensible can see that the government has, has not e exactly done everything right through this pandemic but equally the people who are now saying that the vaccine rollout's going really badly yeah. That's just a great way of, of knowing that you just never need to listen to anything. No, they exactly. Have to say oh, I got so much grief when I applauded Matt Hancock when they, you know, they got the vaccine out first. I mean, you give, you've got to give credit where credit's due. Look, I wish the vaccine had been uh, rolled out at a higher rate sooner. I think they could still be doing more right now. And I, I, I you know, I'm, I think they're always opportunity. Just because we're better than X country doesn't mean we can't do better anyway. But no, we we are doing a good job, no question at all, on that front. I and mean, that's not. Not just thanks to governments, of course, that is, you know, the NHS staff, and that's volunteers, the military, and, you know, getting it, the, everyone getting their act together. Um, which, and I think I think it's incredible. And I said, I've, I've definitely, you know, like a lot of people, felt pretty tearful on the day that Maggie Keenan got her, her jab the first day. Um, but let's talk about another thing that's going to be announced today. Well, the Prime Minister is having a meeting uh, today about whether or not we are going to set up those uh, quarantine hotels for travellers arriving in the UK. Lots of questions still remaining on whether it's for everyone arriving in the UK. Is it uh, foreign nationals, actually currently from a number of countries actually banned from the UK as it is. Is it just from hotspots with the variants we're concerned about, like South Africa and Brazil? Is it is it all uh, you know UK nationals as well, residents here in the country? Um, you know how, how how is it going to work? Have we got enough hotel spaces? Um, can can some of the people who are travelling back, maybe just some visiting family, afford the fifteen hundred pound cost of being quarantined for ten days? Um, there are still a lot of questions to be answered.
There are, and Julia, I know that you, like me, are a bit partial to uh, to a week on the beach now and again. Oh, um, when Not, I say now no, and again, I mean... Always. <laughs> always. So I know how you will also be feeling like me, thinking, God, no holidays until 2022. But um, I do see the logic of this. If you look at... And of course, it's on a different scale. But if you look at places like Guernsey, Jersey, where Isle of Man, where they have pretty normal lives, actually, everything's open. And that that's one of the ways they've achieved it. But what what I think we have to, to, to really concentrate on is that there is no point in this happening to the rest of us unless everybody keeps to it. So we yep. can't have footballers going, yes. going off to Europe. Um, and, you know, inevitably finding a friend to come back to their hotel room with them at night and then coming back in and not quarantining. If we get, I, I can accept the pain of this. I can accept my tan disappearing. You know what that will mean to me, Julia. But, uh, but if, yes. If, La- ladies, ladies, this is a very big deal for, for, for Bobby. <laughs> yeah. but, but if that's going to happen, it needs to happen to everyone. That's my point. There is a very, that is a really strong theme, I think, for a lot of people. There's, everyone has to be in it together. But of course, everyone isn't in it together because, because people are, are affected differently. And there do seem to be a lot of different rules uh, for, depending on how rich you are and how powerful you are, whether you're a politician, whether you're a Premier League player or an elite sports person. And I think that is where people get an issue. For me, the question is, does it make any difference? So I think travel from, from, from hot spots, yes. I think that the absolutely sensible and should have been brought in a long time ago, uh, uh, having a, a test uh, to show you are not, COVID positive before you get on a plane absolutely makes sense um, I'm not entirely convinced uh, that you know, travel quarantine from everywhere also by the way it's like even France they brought in these rules if you arrive by plane or by sea uh, you, you have to face a quarantine and, and very strict rules if you travel by car you don't The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio If you liked what you heard please subscribe and give me a good review and don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10 Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.